0: Hello, I am Riesel Schusterman, and you are listening to another episode of A Positive Podcast, a podcast where we discuss ideas and concepts on our emotional well-being and how we can educate ourselves to be a better version of ourselves. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to me through my website, apositivecoach.com, which you can also find in the show's episode description, or through Instagram at apositivecoach. In addition, if you would like more info on how to set up a free consultation for positive coaching, you can reach out to me through my website, apositivecoach.com. In today's episode, my husband, who happens to also be my right hand and best friend, Rabbi Nachemish Sisterman, has facilitated an interesting conversation between himself and Gedalia Miller, an Askin, a community leader, a mover, and a shaker in the of our community, who has created a safe space and a place for parents of struggling children and teens. He has taken his own personal struggles and has used it to create a support group for other parents to find support, guidance, and a path forward. I personally have attended the Shabbaton with my husband and have found that I've gained a lot. In their conversation, Gedalia shares some background and insight into this program called Kesher Nafshi and how it came to be. I'm sure you're going to find this to be insightful and interesting. And to find out more about Kesher Nafshi's programs or classes, or have access to any of those lectures, interesting conversations, check out keshernafshi.org and learn more. So sit back, relax, and be ready to grow.
1: Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, I specifically sought you out since I think you have a very powerful message to share. I think there are simply not enough people in the Jewish world, the Frum world, and most specifically the Chabad world who are even aware of you, of Kasher Nafshi, of what it is you do. World that you created, the bubble of support and encouragement and chizuk and guidance that the whole Kasher Nafshi world has become. Um, and as I mentioned before, we only found out about it, you know, relatively speaking recently. And uh, later on, there was a widely publicized article about you in the Meshbacha magazine, which I encourage everyone to Google and find it and read it. So um, with that as a background, let's jump in and uh, let's get into this. So first and foremost, let's uh, get, you, let's get our, our audience acquainted with you you the person. So tell us a little bit of back, background about you. I mean, I mentioned that you're a Baba B'chassid, but tell us about um, how did you grow up, your world, what Hasidis you are, so we can all get on the same page.
2: So basically, I grew up in Bara Park. At age uh, 14 years old, I studied four years in England, in the Baba V'yashiv in England. Got mm-hmm. married relatively early at 19 years old. To a beautiful family of 10 children, B'chassim and uh, have gone into the insurance industry in 1995 after being in multi-level marketing in different companies, different other as they call them, Um, in Herbalife and Amway and uh, interviewing with other of these uh, multi-level marketings and being pretty successful with Herbalife after a few years, went into the insurance industry and then started using the same principles of recruiting and developing people that I learned from Zig Ziglar, from Dexter Yeager, from Mark Hughes, and all these other big gurus in the multi-level marketing industry. Um, so Brian Tracy, all those trainings took me to a point where I basically, even though I started an in the insurance business as an insurance agent, it somehow just magnetically started getting people in. And my first year brought in three successful agents, the second year again, and then evolved into being into the management over the years in coaching. So been doing management and coaching since 1997, 98. And um, basically have been pretty successful at one point being as a managing partner of Native Life. Later on working with other different financial industries, different companies, different, uh, having my own brokerage, having a settlement company. So I could say that I did pretty well for myself in that field. That was my advice of taking people out of Kylo and other places and a lot of them today are millionaires because of the training and development that we did over the years. However, bring me forward to where we are right now, if that would be your next question.
1: You haven't made much of a secret of uh, your family's journey with your daughter and how you managed to keep your connection with her throughout the process. In fact, I remember my wife and I meeting her Um, I think she was the party planner or the event planner at that Kesha Nafshi. Maybe she's done it since then. I don't know. But clearly, regardless of the choices that she's made, um, you guys have managed to keep a close connection. So why don't you take us from your professional work life into the segue that took took you into that particular part of the journey?
2: Right. So unlike um, a lot of the parents that come to me to meet with me, when the child falls out of um, the system at 14, 15, 16 years old, we were fortunate to marry her off first. Um, the normal way. She didn't even have a cell phone as a girl. So when we got hit with this pasha a couple of years after her wedding, after she got married, B'Hashem, to a very hush of family, um, we basically were hit like with a ton of bricks. So... We had no idea what to do. And after speaking to multiple, multiple professionals and where it's a very big difference if you're dealing with a 14 year old and you really have a chiyav chinech could be. Then when you're dealing with a 24, 25 year old, you don't have that same chiyav chinech at that time. So it was very hard to really to decipher of what is the right thing to do and, and what's our chiyav really in a way to But we also have to take into account that she already had two children, that we were worried about the future diaries of Klal which was also a very important um, part.
1: Were you already a mentor to families
2: dealing with these issues? This uncle stuff So what I'm saying is that when I started my journey. I wasn't in the field of, of helping parents at all. I was in the insurance business um, and doing quite well as a manager from over 20 people at the time. So I had no idea of what I'm really supposed to do and where, where am I here? What's my here to do with my daughter that is married with two kids? And we went around to different professions and different uh, to speak to. And to one in particular, we ended up with the crew in Williamsburg which took his derech from his previous father, the a Hesh of being a car of these kids. So even though my situation was unique and it made it harder for us to get guidance from somebody that really dealt with the majority of his cases, or maybe, maybe all his cases were younger kids in this field, we really uh, had to push uh, hard for him to be even willing to, to get us into his group. It took us like five months till we got in because he was really not comfortable with the marriage, with the divorce, with ch- children, um, everything that can come along with having to deal with us as parents, how to and how to build a relationship back with our daughter. Now, also, I wanna point out, my daughter Hashem, is a very subtle person, not a loud person, not a wild person, not a person that had the rebellion where we see the rebellion, as far as fighting with the parents and the house is all crazy. You know, my best case is when you come to me with a fourteen-year-old that's rebellious and breaking windows and doors and throwing dishes and fighting with all the all the family. And then we know, we see um, the trauma. We can see where it happened. You know, and we can see where it started out. You know, at what age did the child turn from a, a normal, yishmakah uh, sensitive child? They're becoming this uh, rebel as they call them until you find out really what's going on and we, we get them educated the parents and get them to understand um where we're coming from and then we don't have a a a, a we have a it you know so uh that's basically what what we did so just giving you like a little little overview of, of where we were what we did realize was that once a child an adult By a a parent, it's always your child. doesn't matter if your child is 50 or 60, as as a parent, it's always my child, which is very painful. So, as a parent, it's important to know that if your child is not doing um, what we intended for them to do, um, we always have to look at what's behind it. What's underneath it? What's the tachas? Why is the child not doing the things that you expected your child to be and if you see that your child is not doing what's behind it what's really really going on behind it never ever ever try to say to yourself that especially when you're seeing that it's really something out of out of character out of um, the normal way of a person doing things so like rosham russell always says why you're thinking that your child? is doing something that's Meshuggah. Maybe the child went to to do the things that they're doing. Instead of judging the child of doing something that's off, maybe judge your child saying that something is off while your child is doing what they're doing.
1: Or as Rabbi, is, 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 I've started to notice him start to say, there's no such thing as a bad child, only a broken child. Another something happened to them that's making them act
2: out. Correct. So what we did, so now I'm going to go fast forward into what we originally started doing right away. I want to, before you jump into that, I'm just curious. I,
1: I don't know much about the ever, but it's, it's very fascinating. Where did he okay. get his, his new way of thinking? I know you would think that the very frum chassidisha world didn't have any exposure to this radical love, this total acceptance. That's a very fairly novel thing, and you would think that a, wouldn't okay. wouldn't have this kind of thinking.
2: So I personally differ I differ with with the with the with the that people are saying that, that before the war they threw the kids out. I don't think that was the case. I really after after doing a little bit of a my own research. I don't. I'm not saying that I am a researcher, and I'm not saying that I have th- authentic information. But it wasn't that the child was thrown out of the house that said shiver, It was more where there was nothing to stay for. There was poverty. There was nothing in the house. There was oppression at the time, it doesn't matter if it was Russia or it was, it was Europe or it was it anywhere. Um, at the same time, you had all the new wave of, of, of building its role, Israel or, or Zionism, you want to call it, all the isms that was going on that looked and felt and smelled like as if there's something good happening outside of your little shtetl and and therefore, the kids ran away from home. And they didn't come back. It was more than the kid that ran away from home. If it was the kid that wanted to be home, I don't think that that was the course of action. I don't think so. That's what I understood. So even though it looks that way, and you think it's that way, I don't think that is really what was happening before the war. So I would say the Torah of Hashem, which I read in different suwarim over the over the years, and so people pointed it out to me from Yakub Maya has a, a, a brief that is going back to Lamed, Lamed, Lamed Aleph, which was pretty long time ago, 50 years ago, where somebody is asking, and I believe from the conversation that was in Lashen Kodesh, that the question was about keeping a kid in public school where the parents put them in there or needed to be there, was it was an older child at the time? And that particular child, mm-hmm. um, the questioning is what to do with this child. And this child is not, the child is not up to, at the time of being mechanic. we couldn't be to that child. And he points out over there that it's very, very important to keep the relationship with your child, to keep the relation even though they're at a point where they're still in public school. And the footnotes there bring two footnotes. One footnote is that somebody came to the Vashem Tov and is... What to do with the child It was a kaifa actually, not just went off of there, it was a kaifa. The Vashemtov says that to keep them with the voice of to, 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 similar says in Tanya, the voice of to really bring the love out to your child. And it's almost like saying as Gula that if you have the love to the child, the child will turn around. That was the first uh, footnote on the bottom to his brief that he wrote to these parents and on the second note, Seif Beis, as they call it, he writes of a story where he instructed uh, uh, the parents to do that with a child that was completely off the earth. This is Rabbi Yaqumai which is not a, a today's uh, person looking at the uh, unconditional love as if it's a new phase out there, talking 50 years ago. And he writes clearly that he instructed the parents to love the child milder off the derich. The child turned around, and today is one of the biggest people, the Makarov kids in Kalal Yisrael. So obviously, this is not a new way of, of keeping that. And I've seen the same thing, and I'll give you a, a, a story that I'm going to share with you. Um, the Bavarab's Khan Rukher, the, 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 the once came to a to a uh, Lava Malka for the girls school. So obviously the 12th grade, they allowed the 12th grade to come, the vibershield to be part of these, this Lava Malka. It was a fundraising Lava Malka for, for the girls school. And one of the parents was standing outside before cell phones and telling you, the daughter where to stand after the, the rubber speaks. So be able to meet at the corner where should they be meeting to be able to go home late at night on a Shabbos. The Bavareba said five words: <inaudible> Your daughter's best girlfriend or boyfriend should be you. It's a very, very strong statement to say from the Bavareba, and we've heard it from, from other tzaddikim that said that. Every, every girl needs to have a boyfriend. If the father is smart enough, he'll do the job. So these are not hadrochas today from today's uh, um, professionals. It's really, really when you see, it, especially if it's a struggling child, that's what they really need and that's what they're craving for. If you could be as a parent to give it to them, they won't need to go out on the street.
1: It's fascinating that this is the guidance they were getting from Rabbi 50 years ago when Rabbi Sheis Tal was, you know, will say in his parenting workshop these days that uh, if you're not your child's best friend, they're going to find someone else to be their best friend. Um, that's seen as a big kid. You're saying, Taylor was always saying this from the beginning. We just didn't necessarily know how to look at it.
2: Correct. You know, we were so busy trying to to build our khanek kind of systems. Not that it's not good. We're trying to protect the khanek kind of systems. And then when people start saying things that look as new wave or new phase or whatever they want to call it, new age, it's not true. If you go to authentic it's only about a it's, all, it's only about building up the, the essence of, it, of a Jew, of what really means to the person. And for kids, kids, at that time, went off of their because if you don't know how to learn, you have zero value. So, the Torah of Hashem really was that the essence of a Jew is being a Jew first, and then whatever happens after. B'nibi Ch'ayri Yisrael was not said when after Matin Torah. B'nibi Ch'ayri Yisrael was said when the Yidin were a to show you that the essence is who you are, not what you do. That's basically what it is.
1: So, this debate, the which came first, Neshamas Yisrael or Torah, and the, the Nakud is that the Neshamas came first. Meaning that the the, the like you're saying that the avishar's love for the child was about the neshama, nothing related to the tayr. The tayr was there to give guidance, but if the tayr is not working right for this particular child, it doesn't change the love that the Avisha had for the neshama. Let me interject with a question. So I want to get back to your story, but you made a, a, a mention of a certain story just a moment ago, and and a lot of people do this in with those with struggling children and those who are the speakers and the teachers and the mentors, you know, and. After this and this, the child returned. I see in many cases, perhaps even in my own, that not always does the child return to Frumkei, to Yiddishkei, but they stay connected. Um, those stories where they return, it's beautiful, Baruch Hashem, and it's, it's a very, very heartwarming, but not always do they actually return, but they stay connected. I don't, I don't wanna say, is that good enough? Ideally, they should be from Yiddin again, but if they don't, if we just stay connected, is that in itself a successful accomplishment?
2: So if you want to go to the crux of what's happening, if you want to go delve into that type of, of conversation, which is a different conversation, but, but I think it's very important for the listeners to understand, and also understand that why Keshe and is so important, because Keshe is not about HaDrocha, it's about, about the Mahalach, it's about understanding your child. So I'll go first into the understanding the essence of what's happening to the child, possibly, um, I'm not a professional i'm not a therapist i want to make that claim i'm a parent Um, i do have a lot of coaching experience over 30 years and i do have a lot of training from being personally about over 300 families over the years and being in trainings and um you're
1: you're also a graduate summa cum laude of the school of hard knocks so you have a lot of personal experience and you're
2: the top graduate of that school Correct. I don't know if it's a graduate. I'm still in training. But uh, basically, um, I would say my rabbi is Rabbi Shema Russell. I think he's the top guy uh, uh. in the industry. Um, with him having his own challenges of, of of five or six of his children that he had to deal with, with severe learning disabilities, that today, B'chashem, almost all of them are from today. And and, and being members of Kali Yisrael, I had the opportunity, Hashem, to invite his daughter and his son-in-law, to last Shabbaton, which was a couple of weeks ago, they surprised him. He didn't even know about it, and and it was a moderately surprise Friday night, being that it wasn't recorded. They were able to really go into the depth of what was going on and where they were and where they are now. Today, he's is a Bal Yom Kippur, Shacharis, I believe he's a Gabbai Shul, a um, successful business person, and they got married not from living living in their basement in Lakewood, as they call. Um, where this is not something that's acceptable and not being from a living in the same house and, and everything else. So it, it's unbelievable of, of what happened over there. But to go back to your question, um, I just want you to, to, I'll go back to speaking about the child itself. If I do digress uh, and go other places. Please bring me back to where we need to be at. <laughs> so basically, um, a child that goes off the derruch, Al-Pirov, I'm saying up period of 99% did go through some sort of a deep, deep trauma that pushed them off from being a normal person in society. So as a parent, if you're going to take away Yiddishvites for a second, okay, and we're going to talk about just being a parent. What is the job of a parent is to keep your child safe, to keep your child healthy. I'm not even going into loving your child. I want to say this a group of parents. Where does it say in the theory, you have to love your child? Nobody knows what to answer. And It's simple. So, you want to love your child and you want the best for your child. So the first part is understanding that if there's a severe trauma that happened to a child, and when I say severe, it doesn't mean that it's an act that was severe. For that child, being that the child was such a sensitive child, for that child, that person couldn't um, stay within the system or within the um, realm of things because of what happened to them. It could be, uh, we have parents that had a safe in the house uh, fire many years ago and after they lost a the child the therapist said that we'll tell you what to tell your children and they'll be fine. Um, lo and behold, 10, 12, 13 years later, you have three kids off the darach because of what happened at that point. Um, and one of them was a safe bro. So that's fascinating. Though
1: we typically say bullying or 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 God forbid a a molestation, um, but you're saying even just a, a life event, a, a, the house a, a house fire that traumatized the kid could be what what triggers them to go find find something different.
2: Correct. Anything that's that goes under the 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 statement of trauma has that effect on the person. It's not, as Peter Levine says, it's not in the event. It's it's how the body response to the event. But our biggest challenge is to deal with people out there that didn't go through trauma in their life. And they will always claim to you that they're normal. Which I know they're not normal, but let's not talk about that. The fact of the matter is that um, these are the same people that are fighting about the window open and show the window closed. These are the same people that are fighting about things that are happening. Um, you, you realize they always the boss is always it's always the boss's fault of why they didn't get a raise and why they they have fourteen jobs, um, so yes they they officially say they're normal and they're not so they, they they claim they're normal, so we see that the kids that go off the darach came from a very sensitive type of person and the more they show tattoos and piercings and stuff that look. Um, leather jackets or motorcycles or whatever you want to call it to the pain, ponytails are changing the color of the hair oh, show, oh, holy. yeah it just shows to you how much more in pain they really are and how much more sensitive they are you just have to know how to respond to them to be able to get them to be comfortable to be grounded and, and relaxed and then you can really work with them to, to get to where they were so let me go back to your original question which was that let's say that the method is to get these children to be from, and they're not from at the end, okay? First of all, according to what I learned uh, two days ago in England, when I was with Shemar Aslov all day, and teaching new parents in the Sogia with all the Rabbonim, because they insisted in England, that if the Rov wants the shalas on this Pekua cases, they have to be in the room for the full day in order to really learn the crux of what's really happening. You can't just come and be past um, without having the knowledge. So when you come ask a question to a rogue that my child wants to have internet, unfiltered phone, so it becomes an internet child versus my child's and if we don't get them the movies or the things to distract them, who knows where they're going to end up. So we have to have one on there full day. So basically um it was like bringing it back to where i was
1: you're, you're getting to whether whether the matara is to make them firm or the
2: matara oh. to keep connected right so let's try to cut that part out <laughs> so basically the matara is to get them to be healthy so let's go to the beginning when we start out when i sit with parents and talk to them i basically try to get them to realize where the trauma is. Even though we don't know what happened, we don't have to know what happened. You know, as I'll say, I'm sure Rabbi sure, Jacobson says this joke about the Shlamil, and and the, and the Nudnik. One person is spilling the soup, the other one got the soup got spilled on him and the Nudnik wants to know what type of soup it was. It's not so important what really happened. We just have to be able to identify that there was a normal, sensitive, healthy child that now all of a sudden at this stage is going through what they're going through Um, we have to realize that it's not the normal things of why the child is acting this way. So now what's important? Is it important that this child is going to be from right now? Or is it important to get this child first to be healthy? Any normal parent that understands, and it's not, it's not about me and it's not about my family and it's not about about my neighbors and my uncle, and, and the the it's about saving my child, we'll agree, but first we have to have a healthy child. And then you can have That's what's important over here. So to answer your question, really answer your question, the short version of it is, let me see a healthy, happy child. And I can guarantee you, that if you have a healthy, healthy child, they will connect, especially if they're so sensitive to, to Yiddishkeit and, and their level. It might not be what we want, but it's gonna be in their level. And their level might be deeper than us, that were just doing it because we were grown up in that environment. Who says we're connected? Excellent,
1: excellent. I'm curious, just on a, on a curiosity level, um, when you were beginning your Parsha, and I want to get back, and let's, let's go back into that because I think that will help us understand how you got into Kesha Nafshi and what the real Khidish of Kesha Nafshi is. But when you were starting to deal with that Parsha and, and the full acceptance, um, was there pushback from, you know, you, you lived in Borough Park, it's a community with a lot of Yidin from Yidin, Chidish Yidin, uh, um, Litvashi. It, it's, a, it's a chant of a lot of from Yidin, and it's very, it, it must have been very, um, uncomfortable or, or you know you really have to be braving your wilderness to be doing something that other people weren't doing
2: so Bukhashem, I I first went to the Bavirov spoke to him first before joining um, this Mahalach I first went to him I first discussed it with him I did first go to um, my family members and say to them this is what's going on. We have two options. Either take the option of the high road, and say, listen, I cut off, and we don't know what's going to happen a day later, or embrace and accept. And hopefully, with the success that these people that have done the mahalakha, full acceptance, the results are extremely, extremely higher than any other rehab or therapist or professional. Not that I don't believe in therapy. I want to make that very clear. Not that I don't believe in rehabs. But our success rate with parents loving their child, especially if we are starting 14-year-olds or 16-year-olds, the success is extremely, extremely, extremely high. Why? Because it could be that's the only thing they really need right now. And we prime the children to be ready to go for therapy. It's not that we don't believe in therapy. We want them to go to therapy. But the key is, if you have a child that's fighting with the parents and they're fighting with everybody, and they're fighting with them now, and they're thrown out of one school to the next to the next, and we're just trying to keep them in the system because of the friends and the neighbors and everybody else. We're not really interested in the child, we're interested in ourselves, and I'll go back to your question in a second. We really want to help this child all get there. And so I'm saying, so it wasn't a question for me. I did go to the Baba roof. I did discuss it with him. He was fully aware of the Mahalakh that I would like to take and work with that Mahalakh. And he said, Hast, Amin, it's Andish that can help you. You have anybody else that, that you could show success? Unfortunately, I would like to see the naysayers have a Shabbaton of Keshanaashi with 800, 800 plus parents that are following this Mahalakh. I want to see. Let them make a Shabbaton for 100 parents that are following the Mahalakh, throw the kids out i have success. There is none out there. So let's go back to your question. Did I get pushed back? I don't think I had pushback from anybody besides some family members that are not aware of it. They're still not fully on board, but at least I was open, upfront about it. Yes, the guilt was there. The shame is there. The shame is still there. It doesn't go away so fast. Um, but on the other hand, it's part of our challenge. It's an science. You know, it's an assign, Hadar. It's an assign for us. And the more I'm dealing with this, and the more I'm evolved. I realize it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, with the corona now, with people being at home for so many months uh, cooped up, it's 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 just the beginning. You know, we have to embrace what's going on, or brace, not embrace, brace, of what could be happening in the next couple of months, and a couple of years. I sat with mental health professionals, I sat with um and they all don't know what to do. They're running for their life. They don't know what's going to come next. You're saying what we're seeing now is, is just the beginning. It's going to explode further. Chaz the Shal doesn't come yesterday. We don't know where it's going.
1: Okay, let's, let's circle back and let's go back to this story with you and your daughter and, and then how that led you to Kesher
2: so basically, um, we did the Mahalach. We have B'Hashem a healthy, um, I would call successful um, mother to the children, child um, that's doing extremely well now in her world. She's not in my world yet, but she's doing extremely well. So I could say that we saved our child. Our child is B'Hashem today healthy, person in society, um, kids are going to school every day, she's paying her own bills, we're not covering her bills she just happens to be extremely successful in, in what she's doing right now and with Hashem's help we will, we will see nachas, Yiddish nachas as they call it nachas we see right now we need Yiddish nachas but um, just to say the least uh, doing the work that needs to be done for parents is extremely, extremely, extremely hard, I say that unconditional love or unconditional parenting or, or or twisted parenting or whatever you want to call it is not the easy way out, it's the hard way in you want to really get into your child you want to get into the essence of the child and really, and it's hard you know, when you have a child that's rebelling a child that's not doing what what your values are um, it's really, really tough, it's really hard to be able to do it, and you can't do it you can't just do it because you were told to do it you know, I always tell, tell couples that are here that if somebody comes home and it says to his wife, my Rosh shiva said I should buy flowers for you, here's the flowers. It doesn't work.
1: <laughs>
2: so, so if you don't get the, the really depth of understanding your child, you're just doing it because you heard somewhere or you watched a video from somebody talking about it, but you heard a douche and you got excited about something that you're going to do, it doesn't work. You either do it the right way or don't do it at all, because the child will say you're not. You're just doing it to control. We don't want that.
1: They they need to see the authenticity.
2: Correct, correct. You need to do it from 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 the inside out, not from the outside out. So,
1: fast forward, and I don't know how much fast forward it is because I don't know the timeline perfectly. When did Kesha Nafshi begin and how, how does that time-wise intersect with the story or the, the ongoing journey with your daughter?
2: So two years later, basically, a little bit over two years later, um, so we started off realizing that as a parent, you can't continue to keep on giving and giving and giving without taking care of yourself a little bit, you know? So we did, we did do a small barbecue for men. Um, the women did their own women's retreats. They had about 50 women show up for two or three days in Morristown, happens to be um, somebody from Chabad that has a house there in Morristown that graciously offered for a small fee to be able to give their house with a pool and everything else. And they didn't have really a structured program. They all brought their own food and they um, basically did some different types of modalities that really gave the parents that the women chizok and uh, writing uh, journalism, whatever it's called, journaling, and um, different types of, they have something they gave physic dushes, and they worked between themselves, and did an unbelievable job. The women came back really mechuzik. So the men said, we have to do something, and they were trying to do something in some backyard for 10 or 15 people. And I said, listen, it's getting too big to do it in the backyard for 10 or 15 people. We have to find somewhere that we can do it. And at that time, most parents most parents wouldn't want to be seen in public in this type of forum. So we had to look for a backyard or a place where we go, where parents don't know that we're there. You know, most parents really didn't want to be seen in public. So Boch Hashem, at that time, um, somebody bought a property. I don't know if he wants to announce his name. He's a very quiet person. He bought a property in Montebello. Um... Property itself is almost five acres, but the place itself wasn't so big. But it was a very nice backyard that we were able to have a privacy. It happens to be there's a park next to his house off the private road from the back. When you walk through a a forest, as they call it, a nice walkway, and you get into his property from the back. So it had this real nice um, feeling to it. We did a nice small barbecue. And uh, before you knew it, we had 75 people show up, men only. You realize we have something here. Um, we were fortunate to get up and seeing Klatsko to come last minute to give Khizik to the parents. While well, the parents shared his personal um, journey with his daughter. And it was really a Mayadi Khizik event. Mikimi organization ended up sending the music. So we really saw what it did for the parents. Did
1: you advertise for this, or word of mouth, how did this get out?
2: Only parents that were part of our group already. So it was parents that were already part of the group. So it was a, a cohesive group of parents.
1: But what does it mean, a group? Was there a WhatsApp group? How were you guys interacting with each
2: other? We were already we were already all involved with, with Avi, with Avi Fishoff with his group at that time. So this was
0: so
2: part was, of One cohesive group of parents that kept on giving out and not taking anything in. So, there's amount, like I said, there's the amount of money and the amount of physics uh, that you can keep on giving without getting anything back. So, immediately when I did that, and I did it on my standards, which was not plastic tablecloths, and it wasn't uh, just giving burgers and francs. We did steaks, and we did um, um, desserts, and we did uh, some drinks. So we did we did it the right way, and we realized, and with nice tablecloths. I did it the right way. we rented rent the chairs and tables and we did it in, in an upscale event. So I said we need to do Mlava Malka. So Baruch Hashem, we were able to secure a place in Line New Jersey by Mordechai. Um, Shane? Shane, this is his place. Um, I wasn't aware of his, of his involvement at the time. And we take, it took his place for a very good price. I was fortunate to get the pomegranate through a Remy client to donate the food. I asked my daughter to help out with the party planning and she did all the party planning, ate from soup to nuts, between getting all the props set up, the tablecloths, the, 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 the and the flatware, and the, the cups and everything else was unbelievable. The place was full, 250 people. We had a Venice table alone for $5,000. Not that we paid for it, it's just basically we got donations from different places. had yeah, the Nushram Satunias is called call every place they could. You know, and you know, if in America you say, you have to be careful what you eat for, you might get it. So the response was overwhelming because most of these um, places know somebody that's never from this matzah, so they all gave. So had a beautiful spread. Pomegranate really, really did an unbelievable job as far as the food, abundance of food, of everything else. We also did a cocktail hour in the beginning and somebody donated the sushi. And uh, just uh, for talking to Chabad, the guy donated $770 for his child. And it basically covered the, the sushi. We did the first hour. We want people to be able to shop. Everybody had to come from Muncie, from from Brooklyn, from, from New Jersey. So people came from all over. So I did it first, like a cocktail hour, but it was basically uh, not not the alcoholic drinks. It was drinks of, of different ice coffee and stuff, and we had beautiful cheeses and, and and grapes and stuff like that, and sushi for the first hour to get people to be able to come, and like this, the meal started at a normal hour after Ramadan in the winter.
1: I'll interrupt um, you for one second just to say that uh, there were so many wonderful things about the Keshe Nafshi that we were at. But f- the food, hush, it, it, it's it's not five-star, it's 10-star. You, you have to go home and go diet for a month after all that wonderful yes. food. But, but back to your point, yeah.
2: So what ended up happening was we were trying to get uh, this speaker, that speaker. And Rami Klein said, I only want Yver Jacobson. I don't care what it costs. I don't care if he's available, if he's not available. Buch Hashem, he had a cancellation. He was supposed to have possibly a share of it wasn't, wasn't confirmed. So, to our credit, Buch Hashem did that, that didn't uh, firm up and was willing to come to speak by us by our first. Lohmalka. So, really, he kicked us off on the right track where he came to speak for I think it was an hour and a half and he stayed for well, a this afterwards. This was a real, real, real success with Law Malka. wasn't the fundraiser, we didn't ask for any money. Uh, I myself. Work to cover it, and it was B'chashem successful. And that's where the brainchild of doing your Shabbaton came about. And it was my best $2,700 deposit that I had to take alone to start off the organization.
1: <laughs> but but it, it grew from there very, very quickly.
2: Yeah, so each, so it that, it, it, it doubles almost doubles time. each time. So October November of two thousand seventeen is where we started um, doing Shabbatons. Okay, um,
1: and uh, I mean, I, I want to push for because I want to I want to really get into some details. I, I know from my experience one of the one of the great things about the Shabbaton is a that it's Shabbos, so the phones are off and you're really focused. You're not distracted by anything. Also, you've managed to attract. Top talent, both in rabbanim, um, 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 uh, rabbis, therapists, um, educators, you know, people that uh, if you want to get an appointment with Shimon Russell these days, you're going to wait for three years if you want to have a a formal appointment, if you can ever get an appointment with him. But on Shabbos, and he's busy, but you can get him for... Five, 10 minutes, pull them aside. Um, you know, Akiva. Purul, there, there's you know top therapists that you can get access to for a quick shmooz, Um, You know, no, it's not going to be a full therapy session. Plus, you have uh, incredible rabbanim from the entire spectrum: Hasidish, Litvish, Yeshivish, um, and, and now Chabad. And that's another important thing. I think that for me, the, the week that it, that that the, the Shabbaton we attended was Gimel Talmud, and uh, the, the, someone came over to me. And said, as Gimel Thomas this week. You know, let's we're we're going to have a few minyanim to make sure you get into aliyah, which is obviously the Chabad custom before Gimel Thomas." And so clearly, a lot of thought goes into this, and you've managed to get the top, top talent, um, and uh, and and the chizuk and the and the more than just the the spiritual chizuk, the guidance, but but also just the access to top therapists. There's you know real people with real knowledge on on every topic from Therapy to watch therapists to the, the self harm, Rahman al Islam, um, addictions, you know. Um, and, and it's not just kids who are off the derech, it's kids who are, who are potentially doing far worse. And, and somehow you managed to make all
2: that come together. So let me share with you the first Shabbaton we did, we're basically at the mercy of, of people that can come. And Robert Russell. The reason why I picked Rabbi Russell was because from when I started off, I had recordings of thousands of hours between Shurim and different things, and the one that stood out for me the most, that really connected with our passion on a very deep level, was Rabbi Russell. He spoke by eight, uh, he has workshops, that he spoke to Makhankham, he has workshops that he spoke all over the world. And all of these sha'orm I listened to for hours upon hours in the car because I was driving a lot as a, as a manager in the insurance industry and, and going to pick up my grandchildren from Muncie back and forth every weekend. I had a lot of downtime to listen to a lot of sha'orm. My first pick was Abshumir Aslam and I and I said to Avi, maybe reach out to me if he would come. And he accepted right away, which was to us a very big at the time, because he's a very, very, very busy therapist it could be two or three years before you get to him today so we accommodated the time when he's able to come and we booked the Shabbos after Pesach and we did Thursday night and everything else so it really was a, a good blend between um, camaraderie, working with the parents, getting to know each other and they, they should have the women have their own time and special different interest type of um, activities for the women themselves so Shimaras was our first pick that we wanted to get. After that, we got a couple of other good Rabbanim that uh, felt they wanna come and uh, give him a chazag appearance. Isn't that, it It was a very nice Shabbos. We were hoping we are gonna have 50 couples show up. So I took a hotel that basically accommodated me. That, like I said before, for $27,000, I take the whole hotel, which is basically um, no frills, without the food, without anything else, just secure about a hundred rooms. That we know we have it and nobody else walks around with it because, like I said in the beginning, parents at that time and now also for sure um, are very nervous about somebody else seeing them that doesn't belong there. So, we have to secure the whole place for ourselves in order to know that we give the privacy of all the parents and, and no pictures are being taken, no videos of the parents, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, between themselves, they should take pictures and show it out and send it out. It's very exciting when you come to a shop like this. To take a video of the Abdullah of the dancing, of the this, of the that, you know, like or of the food and of the the, the, the lesson, and it looks emotional and fine, but uh, if you put other people in the picture, they don't want people to know where they went. Um, so it's it's something we needed to do. We ended up having, having 135 couples of fresh Avatah. And then we did it once a year. Our second one was the Crown Plaza, where we had Sixty Chabad couples at that had Shabbos, and it wasn't gimal Thomas, and it was a Shabbos Lishlikum at the time. So we were basically, and we we still um, Chabad um, chicken and meat Friday night and Shabbos day for the for the challenge throughout the weekend. We couldn't do it; can't be busy. A whole Shabbos running around between um, the meals and trying to accommodate. But basically, Friday night and Shabbos day, we had we had Chabad meat set up. And It was was unbelievable. We had over six hundred parents there. Our second Shabbat Shalom. Wow! So really awesome. like the 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 two hundred
1: percent growth in one in one uh, from one to the next.
2: Right. That, that, once you have that type of a following, the therapists, the professionals, the 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 the, the they get out of this, and a lot of them are in the passion themselves. It's it's really an authentic Shabbos. It's not a Shabbos where you go to a historical convention, time heritage thing, or you're going to a a good convention and it's a really the rich man's club where you come to just to have a good time. And it's not even even a Shabbos where you have, let's say, we're just having a, a way way to go away. You're also hearing about Chanukah. It's really a place where appearance build relationships, everlasting relationships. It's also Transformational, but I've seen uh, the transformation with parents that came to the Chambers, especially the one we did in measure, which, which was an unbelievable trip. But also, people said, You're not going to do it, it's not going to work, not going to have enough people. Um, yes, I had to raise over a hundred thousand dollars to make it happen, and the same thing with last Shabbaton, I had to raise 165,000 dollars to make it happen. Um, I mean, we, we, we are way below the cost of our course to do these Shabbatons, you know, bringing all these speakers. Um, even though they don't really charge us any money, but bringing them and the rooms and the staff and the airfare, all this amounts to a huge amount of, of money that I have to go out and cover. But back to your question, these people are not coming because they can get the name out there or they can have a good speech out there. They connect with the parents. They see the parents for free throughout the weekend. Rav comes in and sits with his wife Mamish, from day to night, the whole time, straight, 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 I'll tell you better, even a a better story that happened, I don't know if you're aware of it, but during Corona, he was on a respirator, and Mamish came on for Pesach, we were going to do a Shabbat the Shabbos after Lagbona. and he said, I hope I'll be enough, healthy enough to come, and he was willing to come. Hashem has his ways. It was pushed off to August and then it was pushed off to November. And then, last minute, we were basically closed down in Connecticut and we had to move it to the rally hotel again. We had 500 parents at the Shabbos. Shimmer Russell slipped and had four slip discs, three flat on his back. He had broken ribs that he didn't even know about it. And he came. He said to me, do you have a chiropractor that you can have on the premises? And I said, no, but I have a physical therapist that can come. And uh, he had three of his discs put back into place by a chiropractor in Florida. He was staying by his daughter in Florida for a few days. Flew in, and in between each drasha that he gave, we had to to do adjustments on his back in order to give the next drasha. With all that pain, he sat with the parents for free 15-20 15-20 minutes each couple throughout the whole weekend just to show you how much how much mysterious knife she has for, for what we're doing
1: right and to your point I, I can share my own personal experience is that it's it besides that the food and everything is excellent but but it's 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 almost overwhelming I and mean, as you it, it's not a vacation for a vacation you need a vacation from this vacation but it's a vacation that really um you know Fills you with so much information and transformational stuff that you really it gives you a different mahalach um, um, going forward from them. But it's but it but it can be overwhelming. But it's I, I think everyone who's in this parsha has to give it a try because the, you can't imagine the chizik you get. You know, without exposing anyone's anonymity, it's like a little bit like an AA meeting. But many of these rabbanim and therapists are dealing with this parsha themselves. And so they're not speaking you know, like from a lecture, from, 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 a, from a bima on the top, you know, hypothetically, many of these guys know it from their own life, and they share very, very personally. Let, let, I, I want to circle back a little bit in some of the meat and potatoes, no pun intended, into some of the ideas. I think maybe one of the biggest khadushim for me, um, you know, and, and, you know, to you, maybe this is a david apashim, but I think everybody um, has to learn this idea Um, And I think maybe Chabadniks and maybe specifically Shluchim have a, have an easier um, understanding of this idea because we deal with people who are, who are not necessarily from all the time. So it's not a foreign concept to be dealing with friendly people. And and there's a a guy walks into Shul on Shabbos and you know, he didn't walk there and still you give him a hug and a cushion. And so there's a certain level of acceptance that's a little bit built into our own understanding, but it's harder when you're dealing with your own child. Um, And I think, one of the biggest takeaways, and, I, and I'm saying this as a statement, but it's really a question I want you to elaborate on it a little bit more, is that maybe one of the key things that I took away from the Kasher Nafshi was not that the Epsher is giving you an assign that, you, that, you, that he believes you have the Kachus to handle, but the Epsher is actually giving you a gift. And he says, I'm choosing you, Dafke, you are my Shliach to this child to give him the guidance, help, love, support, encouragement that this specific child needs. And that's a real mind shift. Don't look at it as a crisis. Look at it as a gift and an opportunity, almost.
2: Let me let me show you something interesting that I thought of today, with Dovny. We say we say LaHaitz LaCholis LaKetcha Bi'ahav LaHav Shemachol V'Orichata Hashem HaBoicha Ba'Ami Yisroel And then we say six letters, six words, basically Shema Yisroel Hashem Alki An Hashemachol. As they say, there are no atheists in foxholes. The biggest level of Ahav that a person comes to a year is when he says Ahav, Rabah, Ahav Asylum depends on your And you come to that realization of it's Hashem loving us and we're loving Hashem back. And then you say Shema Yisrael. And the the essence of a Yid, when it's when it's the last breath that he takes says Shema Yisrael. So it comes out that really, really, really Hashem wouldn't love us, wouldn't give us this Nesayim or, or give us this gift, um, then we wouldn't ever be in this position. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Hashem, if you really love me, might, might as well give it to somebody else. <laughs> you know, somebody already said it to somebody. He said, listen, Hashem, only the people that He loves, He gives it to. So you say this, you know, deep some, you know, love somebody else in the meantime. As a show, yeah, right. So if you if you look really, 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 go past five, ten years from now and say to yourself, would I have been the same person had I not gone through this type of an assignment? Everybody, it doesn't matter if you're starting out now when you're in the beginning when you still have the shame and the guilt and the neighbors, and and it's really painful and it's you're falling apart and you and 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 uh, either you're binging and you're gaining 30 pounds in six months, like I did, or or you, you're you're not eating, you're losing 30 pounds in six months that many others do. Or unfortunately, people started drinking or started smoking as parents. Unfortunately, because of this, I know a parent that couldn't go to sleep without a couple of drinks. That's how that's how painful it was. Boksham is not an alcoholic; he's not drinking now. His daughter Boksham marries now and is doing well, and he's not drinking. So. Obviously, he's not an alcoholic. It's just, he had to do it in order to, to numb his pain. You know, and, and on a side note, as a parent, you have to take care of yourself. Please take care of yourself. Go for therapy, go for go for a massage, go to alcoholics. Do whatever you have to do, but, but to take care of yourself is very, very important. Um, back to your question. So, between a sign and a gift. It's a very, very tough question, especially if you're new in this fascia. You know, and don't tell anybody that you know how they feel because you don't, you're not in their shoes. So, and and I don't want to be in somebody else's shoes. It's bad enough. I'm in my own shoes. But book Hashem, I could say going back, um, doing this for seven years, um, I wouldn't wish this on my biggest enemy. But once I've had this in the sign, I wouldn't give it away for any, any dollar and amount that, that there is, because I became a better person, more connected to Hashem, more connected in the house. The house is calmer. Um, there are a lot of growth that we go through, you know, people pay a lot of money for self-help and self-care there isn't a better self-help and self-care that you get in growth and your own traumas and your own thing that you go through in life and your own shalom bias that most people struggle with over the years and start thinking that shalom bias is just a, a word, they don't realize that Hashem intended it this way to work we have a whole shift in Hashem Russell that uh, is exactly how Hashem wanted it to be your spouse should be connected and you have to work on it, but it's not something that comes natural. Um, so basically, yes, if you embrace it, it could be your greatest gift. If you fight it, this can be your worst nightmare. Like I had somebody said that my mother said that when I was born, I was a dream. I said, yeah, my biggest nightmare. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really how you perceive what Hashem gave you. And you have to really really look into what is really going on. It's not it's not somewhere where you have, let's say, people ask the question about Bakhira, right? The people ask the question about rebelling and about Yitzhahara. If you look at it as a child has a large Yitzhahara, Sahara, and that's why they're doing what they're doing, yes, it's a it's a an sign, and it's a, it's a and it's it's really, really um a bad situation. You know, that's how if you look at it that way. If you realize really that it's trauma based, and that's where it started, that's where it is, that's where everything is going on here, you really uh-huh. can really say to yourself that that your child is going through an extremely, extremely painful um, situation, and you're given that gift of being able to be that parent. You know, as once a person came to a rishikeshi and he says, you know. I have seven boys, and six out of the seven are unbelievable. Shiva, they're learning, they're doing the shtagink and everything else. And then I have this child, that I'm doing everything for this child. I'm doing everything, private tutors and special things, and, and, and I'm bribing him, and I'm doing everything for this child. You know, the person should be a tired-digger child. I'm not even talking about Afederach. And as Raja Shiva said, you're doing everything for you, not for your child. You're doing everything for you. Start doing something for your child. What does your child want? Where is your child holding? This is good for regular, by the way. Nothing to do with with OTD. What does your child need? If you can find the needs of your child, you will have a healthy child. Many, many times parents are doing things that's important to them. It has to fit their dream of having, you know, especially in the Williamsburg, you see these kids coming out with all the gel and they're all wearing the same jacket, the same shirt, the same pants, and they look like ducks all coming out of the water with the mother in front of them. They all look the same. Some people have that dream that this is how the house is going to look. Everybody's going to be wearing this, going there, and at this age, they're going to go to this college, and this school, and this yeshiva, and this seminary, and and this system, and they're going to be all lawyers and accountants. And I'm, I'm trying to address every type of community. So and all of a sudden you have this child that uh, wants, to, wants to be a mechanic. And then all of a sudden you get flipping out. So it's really what does your child need and what does your child want? And if you can become a godal in this Indian, it's all worth it. You know, also says Shem Arasul says, It's his own word. Your guddle Hashem gives you tsa. To, to bring up your children, that you should have the that you should grow. And I can't find one parent that is in our group or came to the Kashanafshi Shabbos and walked away saying to themselves, if they really true to themselves that this was not all worth it.
1: yep. well in 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 modern psychology, they call it post-traumatic growth. so it's it's, it's taka as a. Um, all right. I have so many more questions, but the, 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 time is, the time is up. I want to respect your time, you know, because people have questions. How does this affect the other children and how do you keep boundaries in the home and not let things go completely, Meshuggah? But uh, maybe we'll have to save it for a part two. Um, so I really appreciate your time. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm sure you've heard, but I think the listeners would gain to hear a, a, a story of a, a chassid, of a different uh, chassidist that came by the rebbe. And uh, the rabbi said, t- "Tell me a vart from your rabbi." And he, he quoted the famous Gemara of, uh, you know, "Afilu poishi Yisroel, mrs And he said, though his rabbi had a shayli, he said, he said, if, if he's a if he's a, a Yisrael, how is it possible there's he's mrs kelim? And the rabbi said, "I have the question in reverse. If he's Malay, Mrs. Kariman, how can you call him a, a poishi Yisrael? So, you know, it's, it's about it's about a a look. It's about an attitude, an approach. And clearly the Kesha attitude and approach is one where they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful, and we just got to work on the path of getting there. On a practical level, when is the next uh, retreat? How do people get in touch with you? How do they get on your lists What's the way for people to
2: connect? First of all, um, nobody needs to get onto our list. Um, uh, KeshaNafshi.org is where all the droshes from all the shurim or any time if you have a filter is there. So we don't hide anything besides what's on Shabbos. And we're, not, we're not filtered as they say. We don't edit our droshes unless somebody said something that feels it can hurt his own child or can hurt his family or they quoted the a row uh, but basically our our droshes out there are real the real deal. The real deal. Um you can be very become very knowledgeable, listen to all of Russell's droshas, because these are all alokhala mice I'm not talking about what to do for the child. I'm saying alokhala what to understand yourself and send your and understand your child and sell what's what's important. All of that is on there. We hope our next Shabbaton is going to be, um, I'm announcing it here. I didn't sign a contract yet, but we hope it's gonna be a smaller shabbaton for those who don't want a huge Shabbaton, but it's gonna fill up very, very quickly. I'm telling you now up front. It's going to hopefully be right after Pesach. I can't say exact date. Like I said, we didn't sign a contract yet. It's going to be in the Rally Hotel Tel Hashem. It's going to be a smaller event. Um, we find the Rally has a lot of good accommodation, especially in the summer. We have good, really beautiful, big grounds. Um, the rooms are not exciting rooms. I'll be open with you. But you have a beautiful dining room, very good quality food, a huge shul. Um, we also... Speaking to Chabad, I just want them to know that every Shabbat, not just Gimal Thomas, we have a separate Chabad meeting at 10 o'clock. So the one that want to stay to Hillel beforehand and say that, we do bring several safer terrorists So we need, at the point where we need extra, we do have a Chabad minion at 8 o'clock in the morning. Somebody wants to dive early, or they don't have patience to the choir and the patefilla and everybody else. We do have that in the morning. Um, I believe our last Shabbat, home, even though it wasn't the program, they had a Friday night. Having as well for Chabad. So, so really, the next Shabbaton is going to be unbelievable. You might not be able to have music because it's the Sphere, but it's definitely going to be something exciting, transforming, and it's going to be unbelievable. So, again, keshenafsha.org is where you go in. You'll find a lot of the information. Um, the only thing I can't give you through the internet is the food. <laughs> very good.
1: Okay. Thank you uh, very much, Rabbi and Davis ben Benchu, and everyone, and now of Khalid Yisrael for clear guidance and uh, clear nachas, good, gesund, healthy, and the nachas that
2: Davis knows exactly what we need. Amen. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've gained something and some interesting insight that you didn't know previously. If you would like to not miss any of the upcoming episodes, hit the subscribe button, and it will let you know when new shows are released. If you could take a moment to leave a rating or a review, it would mean a lot to me, and it would help others to find our podcast. Thank you so much for being here and wishing you a positive day.